0: This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. You're listening to the WWE Podcast.
1: The The is... one that everybody wants. Me. He us go to
0: WrestleMania. Play more. Play more. 316 says, I just ripped your ass. is my item.
1: You're going to acknowledge me.
0: Welcome to the Week in Review, everyone. Back tonight is a co-host that you have heard before, a couple of times before. I've got some great positive feedback about him, and he's back tonight, one of the patrons of our show. Ian is back tonight to talk about pro wrestling this week, as we are one week away, less than now, six days away, from the Clash at the Castle event in Cardiff, Wales. So, Ian, welcome back. How's life?
1: Oh everything's good man uh new new father here as as we've discussed before, but I am super excited uh for the first time in a long time with uh how things have been going under the realm of uh triple h and creative definitely.
0: so let's start there with triple h i i mean, it's really. As we go on in the weeks here, the imprint of Vince McMahon is starting to fade away. And every week, Triple H, I feel like, gets a little bit more of a creative... A fingerprint on the product because he doesn't have to kind of wrap up whatever Vince was doing so as we look at the product as we look at Raw we look at Smackdown obviously the, the one of the largest things that Triple H has done one of the most I, I guess um, headline things that he's done is bring in new talent that well, new in the eyes of fans, but ones that were let go, brought back, Harry and Cross, of course, uh, Dexter Loomis. We've got uh, Johnny Gargano. I mean, so the list goes on. What do you think overall about not just these returns, but Triple H in general so far, how he's handled this the last, what, five, six weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, with Triple H's uh, approach with everything, I- I've taken uh, compared to Vince McMahon is he's he's in no rush. He knows what he has for talent he knows what he sees in the next couple years and i feel like he's going back to you know the old roots like i i want to say like it it was either you know smackdown or this past monday night raw but like i've been it wasn't so much a lot of storylines but just like great wrestling matches and i just i haven't seen that in a while and it's like for the first time in a while, like. You're seeing multiple people that could easily take over, you know, a world title, um, you know, pending that they figure out what they're going to do with Roman Reigns, whether they combine the titles together to make it, you know, just one title and make a whole new one for for Raw. But it's it's unbelievable that uh, I'm actually getting excited uh, for both Monday. Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown with the talent he has. I mean, the, and the 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 thing that I hope people have seen is he's not giving away too much either. Like with uh, Johnny, like that came out of nowhere, and I think Vince was whether it was him or who whoever uh, was just in desperate need of getting the the views um, higher up on on the TV shows, and so they would announce like. This person's returning in in one week or two weeks, but just randomly some of these NXT guys or guys that formerly were in WWE just just show up. And that's what the old WWE used to be, you know, before like the Internet and social media. So it's 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 bringing back a lot of great memories for me and and it just gives me good faith in what Triple Triple H has in the future.
0: So far, so good. And, and again, I, I think that when you when you look at this Triple H, who has been in charge for what, like know, a little less than two months, a month and a half, whatever it's been. I think, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to to give him a complete report card given he's such such a short amount of time. However. Given that he's only been in charge this this long and he's done such already a great job in giving you a sense and taste of what and how he's going to manage and, and uh, do creative moving forward, you have to be encouraged by this. Uh, even if you have no idea who these people are, even if you don't know, if you're just kind of a new fan watching this, you're like, who the hell's, who, what's, what's Dexter Lewis? Who's Johnny Gargant? Even if you don't know these people, most do, but if you don't, it's still encouraging that he's moving forward with building new stars. I think that's not only bringing back people. that he felt Vince let go wrongly. Clearly, that's the message. But also building new stars, building for the future. That's the whole point of NXT. And so him bringing that that kind of mindset into the main product into Ron Smackdown is a big deal because you're introducing those new stars. It's not just kind of rehashing the same guys and cycling them in and out of the main event. That's one of the big messages I took away is that triple H is, is doing things. And as you just said, making the product feel kind of like it did before and actually feeling like a product that anything could happen at any time. I mean, before they would tell us that and you just kind of, yeah, whatever. Now it's starting to actually feel that way. So, yeah, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, with with how Triple H has done so far, you know, sometime in the past, you know, especially with any professional sports, when you, you have someone that was a former athlete and turned into a coach and, a lot of times it doesn't work out, but in this case, it's really working out with Triple H with his experience because I think he's probably taking some of his experience from his own career and others where he's like, oh, that should have been you know done much better back in 2004, and this is a way to change it now in 2022. I think he might be you know fixing some of his errors because I'm I'm sure he had some you know some pull back in the day. Um, you know, being connected with the McMahons and all. Um, but, I, I, for example, you know, with, with Dexter, I mean, that just, like, was just random, like, a week ago. Um, but there was, like, when I think it was AJ Styles, I, I don't know who he was facing, but there was no real follow-up to it, nor you you didn't need one because, like, like I said in the beginning, he's playing in the long game. Triple H is, is making, he's building up these stories, like, where Vince, I think he just... I don't know if he panicked or didn't think a, a story could play out for six months and he would shorten it for a month or two and it would just get choppy and would make no sense. Um, and I think we still need to allow uh triple H to, you know, fix up, you know, some of the broken pieces that Vince McMahon left, um, which you can still see uh, on a few uh, segments, but yeah, things are, are looking really good and promising for the young stars and, you know, they, they really want, uh, from what I heard, uh, you know, you know, Triple H is not looking for these part-timers anymore, especially champs too. Um, you know, that's why it gives me hope, you know, to, to see, you know, a wrestler that holds any title and is available to, to wrestle each week. It's, it's getting ridiculous with some of these stipulations where, you know, they, they work, you know, half the year. I mean, granted, I know it's a, it's a long schedule, but if you're going to be, you know, the champion, you got to be there, you know, every week. It's a big responsibility. So,
0: it, it is and and I don't I'm not trying to bury the lead, but later on in the show guys we're going to give our predictions, early predictions for Clash at the Castle because there are there's there's a lot of matches on that card that I look at and I go these are difficult to predict and then there's a couple that I really you know, just don't. I just don't know. Um, and especially, I want to talk about Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre in terms of your prediction on that because I'm very curious. But given we just saw what happened on SmackDown, I want to know what your thoughts are on Roman Reigns and the the Bloodline and Sami Zayn, who's the honorary oos, I guess still. I don't think he's an official member yet. He's still the honorary. But yeah. um, he, they all had a, just completely destroyed Drew McIntyre beat him with a chair, beat him with a, the steel steps, You know, just spirit him into oblivion. I mean, so to me, my quick thoughts on it are I loved it. I loved it because Vince had this almost bad habit of wanting to leave people happy, like leave the show with fans happy. And I don't think... That's always the best choice, even if in the moment you feel like, well, I want people to leave happy. What about anger? Like, I like the feeling of anger because it makes you want to see the show and see that he'll get their ass kicked. I think it's a, it's an emotion that has been underutilized in wrestling for a long time because of Vince just wanting to always put smiles on people's faces But I think this was really good at putting heat back on Roman. He got booed. People weren't cheering this. It was responded to accordingly, and it looked brutal, and it made you want to see what the hell Drew's going to do next week at the two-year celebration. So what did you make of the final segment of SmackDown here?
1: Yeah, uh, for me, I I think um, it it was, like, predictable, but not, like, in a boring sense. Like, you knew usually, you know, if – if the contenders on top you know the end of one show the following week most likely the champion's going to be on top that week but um no that's that's what they need to do because roman was starting to become like almost like a a babyface heel like i don't know he was getting i mean he has a lot of fans um you know with the merch and the bloodline and all that and you know, at one point, I'm just like, I don't even know if people are going to be cheering for for Drew at this, uh, this pay-per-view, because he was just getting so many cheers, with the acknowledging uh, segment that he does in the beginning, but um, it's bringing it back to him, how he, you know, it's really opening up the door and revealing like, all right, Roman cannot do this alone. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when I watch, you know, I know, you know, they're both big dudes, but like, drew is 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 very tall and you know obviously built to to destroy anything but when he he's up against uh Roman Roman doesn't look that big um there it seems like there's a big height difference maybe like three or four inches but um yeah, I, I just I like it because it's bringing back the the old heat that we needed from Roman. Where we need that like when he finally drops the belts, we want to be so ecstatic and see a new chapter. Because no, no not only are we going to be excited for whoever gets those titles, but that's just clearly going to open the door to have a uh, top champion on uh, both Raw and SmackDown. I mean, they might try to. But the thing that I don't understand is, you know, throwing it back, like, you know, when Becky won both those belts um, at WrestleMania 35, she held them for, you know, like a month, month or two. And then she lost it, uh, I think, to like Charlotte and then instantly Bailey cashed in on money, money in the bank. And that was fun. It was great for her to enjoy those two belts for a little bit. But they knew they had to separate those and give one to each brand. Um, I don't know why they're choosing to do this with with uh, with um Uh, Blanket on his name, uh, Roman. But yeah, uh, I just I'm glad that the heat is back on him right now. We need it.
0: (laughs) They needed a a bit of a kick in the pants with Roman Reigns, because not only is he kind of formulaically coming out there and doing the acknowledge me sing along thing, which actually, as you alluded to, became a little bit of a baby face uh, phrase. And that's problematic if you're trying to get him booed. So they just went back to basics. And that's been kind of my theme that I've been kind of harping on over the last five weeks is that triple h is just going back to basics back to what works that doesn't mean you need to stick with basics and just be super simplistic and just plain about it but sometimes to to kind of just i guess reset things You need to just go back to basics, and they did that with Roman Reigns this week of just good old-fashioned heel heat. The traditional four-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one, whatever, the outnumbering of the babyface, it's tried and true over the last 80 years of pro wrestling. It works, and Roman Reigns needed that to reestablish him as... The guy that, wait a minute, we kind of like him, and we respect him, and he's kind of a, he's we know how big of a star he is, too. Wait a minute, that SOB needs to get his ass kicked. Like, they they kind of brought us back to where we should be right now, and I like it. I liked it, I liked it a lot. It, it made me feel more emotion from for Roman, other than the emotion of, can we just get the belt off him? It made yeah. me want to see Drew get back up. And the video packages they were running throughout SmackDown about Drew's journey was so good. And something that they've done, not just for Drew, but for the Intercontinental title, the United States title, they've brought back basics of just great video editing and video packages. The power of those video packages is also super, super important.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, even um, going back to the SummerSlam, like, I, I, I totally forgot, I can't remember the last time they did it, but... Um it just reminds me of like I think maybe like WrestleMania eighteen and stuff, but like uh when they show like two competitors, they kinda do like their their kind of moves. They're like looking at each other and then they their their faces like freeze, you know, before the matchup they'll they'll show up the the lineup card and they finally brought that back for SummerSlam. And I don't know why they ever took that away. Did you ever notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, so like uh it'd be like Ronda Rousey and, like, Liv Morgan, like, staring at each other for the match card, and then th- they'd be doing their signature mannerisms or whatever, and then they'd be facing the camera, and then it would freeze, and then it would go to their promo. Like, they used to do that, like, 10, 15 years ago, Um, but it just, it just added more to it. But I noticed Liv, she actually tweeted out, like, oh, great that you guys brought that back. So you should definitely check it out. It's just kind of a, you know, a vintage thing to do. Triple H,
0: just small things that he's done production-wise that are just not huge deals, just things that he's done with cameras that aren't in places they shouldn't be when something's going on and the camera has to run down the hallway to see what's going on and not just happenstance be in the room or be right there when things are happening. Makes things feel more organic and just kind of chaos and the cameras don't know which way to go. And they got like that kind of stuff. The little things that subconsciously you don't think about until they start doing it. and You're like, whoa, that's a nice touch. And we've just been so used to just camera angles being inside of cars with live feeds to the to the network somehow with people's heads being p- put through. I believe Shane McMahon and uh, AJ Styles is most famously for me, um, yeah. one of the ones that happened, just god-awful stuff like that, that people just go, oh, well, it's still a cool shot. I'm like, do you understand why it takes you out of the moment? Um, yeah. But like little things like that, just little production tweaks and this and that, that makes such a huge difference. And that's kind of been Triple H's mo so far is just not overhaul. It's a smart way to do it. Just let's try this. Let's introduce this person back. Let's just you know let them cut a promo. Let's have a great wrestling match, and not overthinking, overproducing. I mean, who the hell knows what's going on in production meetings? But as a fan, I'm seeing stability. I'm seeing things that are easy to understand. I'm seeing you know rest wrestling on a wrestling show and that's really what I love
1: yeah like I even uh this past raw I'm, I'm pretty sure uh correct me if I'm wrong but I was like can't remember the last time I actually heard the intro to you know each year they always have like a new song or something but it was like the full intro of the raw song usually a lot of times it just goes right into you know a raw segment and it doesn't have that like sweet you know intro music with all the the highlights and stuff that that they used to and I was like Oh, I haven't seen that in like a year or two. Maybe after WrestleMania 35. And, uh, yeah, like you said, just little things like that that I'm like, all right, you're, you know, these are, these are baby steps and Triple H is in no rush. He, he sees the big picture and he, he's not in a, a rush to uh, you know take the shortcut for any sort of reason,
0: and at the same time, he's telling you what's coming next week. I mean, like this, we got an update on Kurt Angle. He, okay, he's going to be in Pittsburgh, but on SmackDown, they told us of what's coming on next week's SmackDown. They gave us like four segments on SmackDown: yeah. that Ronda's final judgment, uh, Butch versus Ludwig Kaiser, New Day versus Viking Raiders in a Viking rules match, and then Roman's two year celebration. There might have been something else, but they gave us four, at least four that I can think of. Things that are going to be up for next week's SmackDown, so you're not just left wondering what they're going to do, they actually have a plan, and you're like, oh, cool, I get to tune in, fans get to wonder what's going to happen, you get to speculate, things that beforehand you might know one thing ahead of time, oh, a contract signing is coming yeah. up, like, how many millions of those have we seen, so just, like, things like that, you're like, wow, wow. you know things that just for whatever reason vince mcmahon tossed to the side and you hear about ripping up scripts the day of the show all that kind of crap
1: um yeah so go ahead and and with like creative writing um you know again it's it's all, you know, from the internet and stuff, but like I hear that like it, everything is just blending very well, um, with the creative team and Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and all of them and but like like, like you said, with just showing like what's gonna happen on next week's SmackDown, that in that that's the difference of like what you know, Vince does, you know, where a perfect example is where Big E, you know, lo- love him to death wasn't my pick to win money in the bank that year but he's like i'm literally cashing it in next week and it's like you're literally doing that vince just to get ratings up and it's the whole point of the excitement whereas this one here it's like yes you're giving us like pretty much a sneak peek of next week but that's not because you're in desperate need of views it's just so you can like kind of formally understand the the sequence of events of what smackdown is going to happen like all right we're gonna have like probably some like a good two segments here, like a two solid wrestling matches here. So you can at least like expect like what something is going on on the show because there is times under Vince's realm where you're like, what is like on raw with the three hours you're like, I have dude. what is he gonna do for the next two hours? You just put the main event in the first, like, first 20 minutes i don't know how you're going to kill another two and a half hours
0: <laughs> but no and, and i think vince mcmahon didn't do that not only because maybe he felt oh we don't want to give everything away we wanted to make it feel like anything could happen which and i i could talk about that for a half hour but yeah. i i th- i think also he didn't know where he was going next week so he couldn't advertise it so i mean that's the other thing too is it seems like triple h not only is using this to create Like excitement for the fans for next week and things to look forward to and think about what could happen. But also just kind of a sense of, as I said, stability and just kind of, just kind of like you know, like things are a little bit more less or less chaotic with Vince not here. Here's how things are going to go now, and it just it, it just feels like okay, I see a little bit going forward. I like that. I like to know maybe what's coming next week. You don't have to tell me everything. I don't want to know everything, but you gave us four things that are going to happen on a two hour show. Major yeah. thing. That's a huge deal, and it shows you they're committed to what they're putting on there. They wouldn't put on something on TV they can't deliver. Whereas I think Vince McMahon didn't do it because he sh- wasn't sure he'd be able to commit to it a week in advance, which is just sad. Um, but, uh, all right, well, let, let's. I want to talk a little bit more about SmackDown and some of the things that happened. Yeah. Gunther and Sheamus. Now, I, 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 first of all, this is a match I didn't know I wanted. It's a match between two heels, which is also an interesting dynamic because they very rarely put two heels together, especially on a pay-per-view. But this is a match, and they've sold it very well. Gunther and Sheamus have done an excellent job in their promo this past week, and the announcers sold it as one of the most physical matches maybe ever in the history of uh, WWE. And I believe that from a wrestling perspective. This, My God, the the stiff work that's going to be going on with these two is going to be so much fun to watch. Maybe maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm really looking forward to this matchup, even though it's two heels. Gunther and Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship – Which, by the way, suddenly feels like a very important championship that was just buried six weeks ago. So, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Ricochet. So, when I knew he was going to lose the belt to Gunther, I I was, or Gunther, whatever, how you want to pronounce it. But I I was very pumped with that because even even though Gunther is a heel like he was still he, he was still winning in fair ways he didn't re- he's not really using his sidekick as a as a cheat sheet and you know when I saw that that um, I think it was like a fatal five way and I know Sammy got a lot of pop because it was in Canada and I was like oh that would have been kind of nice because he actually you know had a lot of um, passion for the intercontinental title like the Miz did years ago, but I'm looking at it. and I'm like, and then I saw the, you know, the, re- uh, the review of it and it was, I saw Sheamus winning. And I'm like, you know what? I like that, that like, especially the body build of both of them, like muscle on muscle, like that's, it kind of reminds me of Seamus versus Drew McIntyre. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a stiff match, but honestly, I, I, when you were saying heel versus heel, I was curious to see what the fans would be interacting with that, but I'm I'm leaning a little t- towards more of Sheamus being like a little bit of a baby face, not because he he wants it from the crowd, but I just think he's. He's a veteran, he's a uh, he's a company man, and uh, he'll do anything to, to pop the ratings up and, and bring value back to some of those mid-card titles. Um, I'm just extremely excited. I, I just hope that there's not too much outside interference because those two guys can really put on a show just alone.
0: And the way that they looked at each other when everybody else was brawling, I've never seen that before. I, no, I mean I've been watched wrestling for thirty years. I've never seen that where they have their you know each guy has kind of their Goonies or, or you know whatever, and they're they're all brawling except the two main guys. They're just staring at each. I've never seen that. That was another thing that I'm like, wow, cool, cool, cool yeah. idea, uh, because it just it's a message sent to fans that hey. You know, we don't see anything beyond what's in front of us. We know that this is what you guys want to see. We are totally locked into each other we don't see anything on going else anything else going on outside of this it, it's just such a cool little visual uh and yeah i mean i i just say gunther i know it's pronounced differently but i do it just because i'm committed to saying gunther i yeah. refuse to say the other yeah. way just because it <laughs> just it's i know ridiculous. some people on my show just get pissed when i do it so i do it partially because of that Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh other than that yeah i i'm really looking forward to this being physical as hell. There's going to be welts all over both of these guys' chests. It's going to be stiff. Uh, I believe it's just a straight-up wrestling match. It's not a no-DQ. And that's fine. I want just a straight-up wrestling match with these two uh, and, boy, I, I think Gunther is is a future, not even question, future world champion. I mean, Gun- uh, Gunther is a guy that is, he's got beyond the look. He's got the in-ring ability. He, even though he's new, he kind of feels like he says he is. He feels like a ring general. Even though yeah. I know that's reserved for, like, you know, guys that have been there 10, 15, 20 years. That's more of a kind of a locker room leader type of uh, term or uh, title you give somebody. But it feels like he actually is. I don't know. Yeah.
1: He, he he seems like a, a seasoned veteran there. And, um, you know, I, I definitely watched NXT, you know, when it was the black and gold uh, before it became 2.0. And even then, I would kind of glance at the NXT UK and I would see this, like, massive guy, you know, formerly known as Walter. And I'm just like, all right, what's uh, what's the hold up? Like, this guy is a beast. Like, bring him on the main show. And then I know they were kind of, uh, they wanted him to, to lose a couple pounds. Um, and, and he did, he got in really good shape and he just has, he just has that face, you know, that's like just a heel face and just straight up, just like, i i I like those type of heels where he's like yeah i'm a bad guy but like i don't care i'm just here to fight i want to just be the best and he is going to be a future champion um and that's why i i was really happy to see him have the the championship belt on him because usually with guys like that uh where you know they're going to be future main eventers they they start out with a mid-card uh title and uh once they whenever he drops that uh i don't you know whenever he does you know the next thing he'll be doing is is going for uh you know some main event type matches. I, I think it's gonna be an amazing match like I, I if someone told me like i I think the the match card's gonna be loaded, but like i like that's that's a match that if you built that up for another couple weeks and you made that like the main event, I wouldn't be like you know wicked mad or anything like that because those two guys could really put on a show
0: i so uh, yeah no they ha they can. I think they will, and, you you know, the way that this is being built is just so perfect. They're, you know, they, they haven't had any contact with each other. It's just the look, and fans are going to be forced to choose, I would imagine, who they're going to cheer for, and you're right. I think Sheamus is probably going to be default to babyface, even though he's in a heel group, and still heel, because of the longevity of Sheamus, because of the respect that's there, where Gunther is, well, he's not new to WWE, he's new to the main roster, so th- this is a match I I can't wait to see, um, and I, I hope it delivers, but I ultimately think, spoiler alert, I think Hunter's probably going to retain, uh, yeah. and I think that he's going to go on a long uh, Intercontinental Championship run. I, I wouldn't have him drop it, maybe even past WrestleMania. I, I'd yeah. probably have him hold it through like SummerSlam next year yeah um, but um all right so let's see what else happened here this isn't one of the main things that happened but you mentioned ricochet and corbin ricochet opened the show i didn't expect that i know that may have been the first time that ricochet's opened the show uh and he won after hitting the shooting star press uh, the match was fine i guess for me the more pressing question is what the hell is going on with happy corbin i mean he is on a hell of a losing streak and he has, for the last two months, been anything but Happy Corbin. So, I mean, he's always sour. He's Now he's just angry. He's been like this for months, though. The announcers are talking about how bad his attitude is. So are, is WWE keeping the name Happy Corbin as kind of a parody? Are we ready for another yet another character shift with uh, Baron Corbin? Like I don't know exactly what is going on with his character, but for them to keep calling him Happy Corbin, he was at the beginning being the, the he won all these millions at vegas all that and obnoxiously happy and then just last couple of months have just been I, I don't know maybe he's ready for a character change i don't know what's going on but what do you think
1: yeah i mean he he had success obviously as, as a gm and just being that that type of that villain that heel and You know, I I think they really should have just stuck with, um, you know, when he was like, I forgot what they what they call him, but he was just pretty much like homeless and, you know, kind of looked like he was going to be turning into like a baby face because there was like, I think maybe on the show or just, you know, looking on the Internet, there was like ideas of like how they could, you know, creatively change him to be like, all right, people have helped me out you know, for so many months, I'm going to, it could be a segment where someone's getting, you know, their butt kicked and he can come out and save them. And I don't know if the fans would get on it, but I felt like that was the closest he had because it's, there hasn't been any times besides, I think the Andre, the giant uh, battle Royal where he's won that other than that, he hasn't won any titles. He hasn't done anything like really significant. So I, I mean, I, I liked him more when he just had a, uh, you know, more of a GM role. And that's what we are obviously missing. I think they he could go back to that. Um, because the other ones that we've had, it's just it's just been miserable. There's no authority anywhere. Hopefully, that's something that Triple H is going to be working on. But he the whole happy Corbin thing. It's just it's I, I I don't see what why he has a purpose to come out happy. He's on a losing streak. He might have like kayfabe money on him but like he he's not doing anything at all like he got embarrassed at wrestlemania he lost the ricochet where generally he probably would beat ricochet in a one-on-one match but um but yeah i mean the only good thing that came out of it was he you know a throwback and he did like the world's strongest uh slam on the oh yeah an after table
0: <laughs> i forgot about that spot and they actually called yeah. it that i'm like yeah. is mark henry is, is he aware of this yeah oh, um yeah but, um Yeah, I I just, with Abby Corbin right now, I mean, or Corbin in general, Baron Corbin, I I think that the most significant accomplishment that he's ever had in his professional career is something that has nothing to do with WWE. How many times do they mention throughout his match, or at least once per match, that he's a Golden Gloves boxing champion, right? Like, how many times are we going to be told this? I'm like, that's a good thing when you're bringing somebody in, or occasionally once, you know, once every few months, or once every six to twelve months, whatever. But it's every time we see him that the announcers have to tell us he's a Golden Gloves boxing champion. I'm like, okay, like, but that, what has he done here? He's been here for how many years? It, yeah, it feels like ten years. And what has he done here? Okay, like that's a good that those are credentials you want for somebody who's new because then you learn a little bit about them and that kind of thing. But it it just feels it's so weird. Are you you noticing this, too?
1: Yeah, I mean, they I think sometimes they're just desperate to put anything on there to like. All right. Maybe maybe it's for the new fans, but it's like we we know who this guy is. We don't need to hear his credentials repeated every week and something where I'm like, for a guy that I don't know much about boxing, I don't know what that means. Like, I'm guessing you won some type of tournament at a, you know, semi-professional level, but it's like, I'd rather hear more credentials of like, clearly if you were like on the practice squad of like the, the Colts, you know, you had a, probably a decent college career, like throw out a few things, like, Oh, he led his college team in tackles or whatever his position was. Like, I'd rather hear stuff like that. Cause that's more relevant. That's I'd be more, I, if I was, you know, Corbin, I'd be more proud to hear those than the boxing. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, boxing's not that big in the United States. Like, it's just not. No. Uh, MMA? Like, if he, if he was, you know, the UFC champ, UFC heavyweight champion, whatever, then sure. Like Or even, uh, what's the other, uh, Bellator? Like, if yep. you're some some kind of UFC or um, um, MMA promotion, fine. But, like, boxing, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm sure that was pretty badass. But, like, no one watches boxing. I'm sorry. Like, we nobody no. does. Uh, yeah. You know, outside, after Mike Tyson left, like, that's kind of it, right? I mean, oh, well, I got Holyfield and, or um, uh, Floyd Money Mayweather. Like, you got these big stars that occasionally pop in and out, uh, Pacquiao and all that. But, like, outside of that, no one knows anything about boxing. So, I don't know. I, I understand the purpose of them bringing it up, and I'm making probably a, mole, a mountain out of a molehill here. But it's just something I've noticed that I've never mentioned because it's just something I – gloss over but now it's getting to the point of like he's been oh. here a decade can we stop talking about that that means nothing yeah. to most of us
1: yeah and, and especially in wwe the last thing we've heard about boxing um people want to forget is the brawl for all um I'm oh sure god that. Yeah. Oh, yeah so like it's funny <laughs> that they still kind of mention because anything like bad that happened you know years past they try not to you know bring anything up that resembles it um they try to just like completely pretend like it never happened so like when i do hear that i I think about that because i i've watched that you know when it was on the what was called the wwe network and i'm like wow what a disaster that was so it's interesting that they still kind of bring up boxing yeah
0: anybody that has no idea what the hell we're talking about with a brawl for all it happened in the late 90s it was a like a shoot a real uh like Put the gloves on and the guys actually try to knock each other out tournament like real. Yeah. And it ended up with shortened careers, screwed up uh, like long term uh, health issues. Like it was a disaster that Jim Ross actually admits was, I mean, even at the time, because uh, they tried to have Dr. Death, Steve Williams win. And like this, is this whole thing. I won't give away the documentary, but there is, I believe, something on the network about the brawl for all. Uh peacock yeah. it's uh it's worth watching because it was a total disaster
1: I, I think it might be on um on vice uh or like it, it could oh, be on like dark side of the, the ring dark side of the ring yeah, yeah. okay um, but a lot of those are for free so if anyone's listening like you can easily access that on the internet for free
0: very good yeah very good all right well let's uh, let's move on here uh, the the new day and the viking raiders thing um Everyone knows, I'm, look, personally, I it's not a secret, I can't stand the New Day in any form, fashion at all, none of them, uh, but for them to come out there and actually get a serious tone, I was waiting for it to turn into something wacky, and it eventually did, that we all knew he was not really you know, paralyzed, right, like Xavier yeah. Woods, we all knew it was going to turn into something. And they, they were serious, at least for a couple of minutes. And then the Viking Raiders come out, and they try to attack both of them. But uh, we had uh, Xavier with two kendo sticks take out um, with Kofi, take out both of those guys, Eric and Ivar. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say about this is, again, for a, a positive is they were actually serious, even if it wasn't really to be serious. It was nice to see them not making stupid jokes. But also, when they said that their legacy is bootios and unicorn horns being burned... Is it how? I mean, I don't know. Uh, when I heard that that that's their legacies that they saw being burned last week by the Viking Raiders, I'm like, that's not how I want to be remembered. Like, if I was a professional wrestler in WWE. I would not want to look at Unicorn Horns and bootios, a serial, as my legacy and contribution to the business. Like, when they said that, it was just kind of like, I don't know. Uh, people love the New Day. I don't understand why. I have no idea how they haven't been turned on by the crowd yet. I have no clue, and it's just puzzling to me. But this, I think the segment was effective. I think it was effective if you're a fan of the New Day. And it's also the Viking Raiders who have been completely reinvigorated in a very good way it's setting up for a nice matchup between these two that'll likely I think take place although I don't know if it's official at uh, Clash of the Castle so what do you think about this
1: yeah I mean uh, I'm right there with you I am so so sick of the new day um you know uh I, I hope uh Big E is having a healthy recovery but once that happened I'm like okay like he's he's kind of the big star there like once he's done and then Xavier was getting injured I'm like all right. You haven't heard much about them. Maybe like Triple H is fizzling them out. And it's just like I understand, like, you know, it gets some of the young crowd and whatnot. But it's like I think all those fans that really enjoyed them, they're a lot older now. You know, this has been like six, seven years going on now. And it's just this isn't Nickelodeon. This isn't Disney. all right? Like it's. It, it's getting ridiculous. And the only time I really, like, probably enjoyed it was, you know, uh, Kofi Mania, you know, when they had us back and everything like that. But after that, it's just, it's annoying to, it's kind of, uh, in my opinion, kind of disrespectful to look at, like, tag teams like the Dudley Boys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian and seeing that, you know, they had um, probably more tag team title reigns than they did. And I just felt like it was a lot harder to earn a tag team championship uh back in the the late 90s early 2000s um but yes i think it, it, it will be a good good matchup um it'll i think will um uh, you know increase the value of the viking raiders um but at the same time i'd rather see the viking raiders like you know they they should have squashed them after like two or three weeks and be done with it but there i'd rather see viking raiders first even though there's no story to it I'd rather really see Viking Raiders versus uh the Usos at the, mm. the pay-per-view because that seems like their biggest threat now. Because um, yeah, I'm just I'm ready for someone like and, and those guys are big, and you know, they, they've improved when they went down to NXT, and I'm I'm just waiting for a real challenge for uh the Usos to to, to defend those titles again.
0: Uh, yeah, the Usos do need some some new opponents, some fresh opponents, and of course you know the street profits we all know they go well together but that's been overdone even though they had one of the best matches tag team matches I've seen in years at the money in the bank event they it's time to move on and they have of course hit row seems to be next in line perhaps for the usos when that happens but yeah the the um the, the viking raiders I don't think are in tag team contention yet The New Day and the uh, Usos we've seen a 100 million times. So, yeah, I mean, definitely I think that there needs to be some kind of new contender, new challenger for the Usos. But right now the Usos are so tied up with Roman Reigns' business and taking out Drew McIntyre that that may take a back burner for just a little bit. But, uh, all right, uh, so let's continue on here just in the interest of time. The Women's Tag Team Title Tournament is now set. Finals are set with Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah. Uh, who are going to take on hold on a second i was gonna uh i lost my uh do you know who it is offhand? while i uh
1: dakota kai there you go there you go yes there you go
0: so uh raquel and Aaliyah took on sonya and natalia that's the match i'm looking at for that right to go to the finals in the women's tag team title tournament. So they will now face Bailey's two cronies of EO and Dakota on, I think it's Monday Night Raw, right? They said it's going to be on Raw? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's interesting. But, uh, which is, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about this final? Are you looking at this going, huh, I was expecting it would be two different teams? You, were you, I mean, because that one bracket got changed like, Four times because of injury.
1: Yeah. Um, but
0: uh, I, you, so go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I was just, uh, I was just kind of really bummed out because uh, I was hoping it was going to be like when I first saw that, I was like, all right, this faction, they got to have the tag team belts on them. So I, I kind of knew Bailey, you know, not spoiler alert, but not really, but you know, Bailey's faction, the Dakota Kai and your Rye, they're, they're going to take those titles. But it really should have been a showdown between those two and Alexa Bliss and, um Oscar. Even though they face each other, they should have faced each other for the titles, not for like the semi finals. Um and that could have been done, you know, at Clash of the uh Clash at the Castle and uh but obviously they're still having that like six man tag, which I just I don't know. I think that's still a waste of using Bianca. I know it's building up to something bigger, but it's like you still probably could have had her first title defense against maybe Bailey and have the tag team titles defended on there or you know have the tournament finalized at clash of the um, castle but yeah i don't know i mean i was pretty pumped to see uh those nxt superstars win it but unfortunately they uh one of them got injured uh so they had to redo it but uh it it, the one thing I, i hope that they'll bring up because i know like i know they like to uh you know erase history from nxt or just stuff in the past but like Raquel Gon, uh, is it Raquel uh, Gonzalez or Rodriguez? Yes. Yeah. Rodriguez. They, they change names all the time. Raquel and Dakota Kai—they were like partners, and Dakota turned her back on her. So, like, there's some history there. So, I, I hope they acknowledge that because that's the only thing that I'm kind of really looking forward to in that match. What about you?
0: Well, yeah, that is something that if your best chance is if Triple H is in charge and he's in charge for him to remind the fans of that. And I think it's a good that's a good point to bring up. And I don't know if they'll they'll work on that or if they'll uh, use that as part of the promotional material. They may or may not. I won't be surprised or hold it against the uh, creative team if they don't but there's a it's kind of low-hanging fruit right there i mean why would you not want to make this feel like as big of a match as possible uh, but this matchup is fine with me you know i'm I, I you would imagine that the favorites are dakota kai neo sky you would imagine that they are given their brand new to wwe in terms of having in this group with bailey at the uh at, at the forefront, you'd imagine that they want to get gold. They want to establish them as a formidable team right away. And that's the smart money. But there's also a case to be made for Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Aaliyah is not the most exciting. I'll say that. Like, Aaliyah is just kind of generic wrestler X because they haven't done much character development with her at
1: all. Yeah.
0: But Raquel has had some really good matches, nearly beating Ronda Rousey for the Women's Championship just a, about a month ago. Uh, she, You know, she has made some noise. And the gauntlet match, I think, the I don't know, a few weeks a few weeks ago she yeah. beat like three women in a row and then we she ran into the buzz saw of uh of um what's her name uh the one that's i can't, i'm running out of names here um <laughs> um gosh what's her name uh, Natalia. Did, no not Natalia. the one that's facing uh live morgan
1: oh my uh, god
0: Sh- uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah god guys guys we're recording this it's like you know nearly at 11 o'clock at night so bear yeah. with us at the end of the day we have kids <laughs> That my our mind goes blank, but yeah. So Shayna Baszler is the one who beat Raquel. So Raquel Rodriguez, I think has made some noise and I would, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they put the belts on those two. The smart money does though, say Dakota Kai and Neo sky based on the fact that they just debuted in this group with Bailey.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the only way I would see them take it is um, for like, you know, Alexa bliss and, Asuka to kind of like distract or whatever just uh so if they do lose it adds more heat to the six-man tag at Clash of the Castle because I feel like most of like I don't think there's going to be much attention towards that six-man tag um on Monday um with that tag team title celebration um but again like I said if I think if Raquel and um, the other one, again, I know we're blanking on names. We've got, we got dad brains right now. I know. Um, it, it, yeah. If they, if they win it, um, I think it's only because Alexa Bliss and Asuka distract and help them just mm. so it, it adds more spice to their six man tag match.
0: Yeah. That's kind of a forgotten matchup at, at the event. I mean, yeah. it, it's one of those that I was excited. I'm like, okay, cool. They're not going with, uh, we're not going with Bailey getting a raw women's championship match right away. You know, they're building to that. You know, with Bianca, they're going to probably do that at Extreme Rules, which I believe is the next event yep. in October. I, I'm almost positive it's it's that, and then Survivor Series, and then, yeah. So they're, they're taking their time with that because they're going to milk that. That's probably going to be at least a two-, three-month program. So I get why they're not doing it, but also at the same time, this is a big tag team matchup, and it's barely being talked about, so they got some work to do in Monday Night Raw. But, uh, all right, again, uh, let's continue on here a little bit quickly. Oh, as we were saying... With things that WWE's telling us are going to happen next week, here are two things I didn't even mention. Karrion Cross making his in-ring return next week. In-ring. The, in other massive breaking news, the Maximum Male Models will also make their in-ring debut against Hit Row next week. So there's two other things that are going to happen. New Day and Viking Raiders and a Viking Rules match. I mean, they, they, there's like five, six things. Okay, so there was even more than I mentioned. So, uh, b- But before I get to next week... What do you think? I guess about Maximum Male Models. I I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but no. you know, I, there's Maxine and there's Max Dupree, right? I get yeah. it all that, and they're more of kind of the entertainmenty part of the show. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on the Maximum Male Models at all?
1: No, not at all. I mean. Um... I, I honestly I, I could go it would be just more negative and it just wouldn't be PG on this on this podcast so yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that let's hope they just get buried in like a couple weeks
0: it could be yeah. I, I'm very interested to see now that Vince isn't here if Vince were here these guys would be tag team champions like in two weeks oh, but, yeah. you know because he'd feel that that would be shock TV and it'd be hilarious but oh. with, with Triple H now in charge now I really do wonder you're going to see what Triple H values in terms of the Entertainmenty part of WWE, like what is he, what 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 value, what part of the totem pole is this stuff to Triple H? So we're gonna find out quickly what his thoughts are. But uh, what about Kerry Cross for you?
1: Um, all, all I can say, you know, for next week is I hope he doesn't, uh, you know, face a, you know, out of the nowhere returning Jeff Hardy because he's oh, had some bad luck with him. You know, <laughs> oh, that's um, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, yeah, I like I'm excited, but at the same time. I just, they, they just keep putting too many jobbers and just like no names. Just, just put like a, a like, like a ricochet, just put like a, a solid B level wrestler and show that he can prove that he can, you know, kick some butt and, you know, prove to it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited for like his, cause a lot of people, I didn't really see him in NXT. So like, um, but people were like, I can't believe they took away like so much of his entrance, you know, his, his wife being there and the clock and all that. So I'm really excited to see just even his entrance and his, his, uh, you know, his outwear and everything like that, because they, they made a fool of him, like wearing the mask and, you know, again, trying to keep it PG, but he looked like it was like almost like a sex dungeon, like one of those guards or whatever. It's just, But that that was a time where Vince was, I really think, just spitting in Triple H's face of, you know, all these NXT superstars. So
0: Vince felt like he had to put his touch on things that weren't broken. And now I think you're going to see a much smoother while all won't work. I think a much higher percentage have a chance of just transitioning smoothly from NXT to, quote unquote, the main roster because Triple H that was his brainchild and that's the whole point of going to NXT to figure out who you are what the char- what character you are how to cut promos and then all of a sudden you got to like blow it up because Vince feels that that's not going to work I mean so that's why you saw so many NXT stars fail carrying Cross obviously not his fault being told what to do with the whole mask, mask infamous mask thing yes but uh, what about Roman Reigns' 2-year anniversary next week how do you not see Drew McIntyre interfering in this I mean like right
1: yeah yeah i mean uh yeah i i i would think it's i i don't i don't see it being like a huge celebration i mean he'll he'll come out and he'll he'll have you know the the blood in there and maybe uh i I think it'd be interesting to have like uh sammy like kind of suck up more and give him like a like here's a big like birthday gift or like a two year anniversary gift, and because Sammy just reminds me of like you know just like when you watch those shows where you got a group of friends and there's always that one one guy that's part of the friends but not really, and doesn't really get invited to the parties or whatever, but he's still part of the the mm-hmm. the clique or whatever, so I think it because Sammy's great on the mic um so. And when you see those conversations that they have, um, you know, in his office and stuff with just Roman Reigns and Sammy, um, Sammy can hold his own on the mic. So I think um, it would be very interesting for the, besides the typical like, oh, acknowledge him for two years. He's defeated these people. his main evented this and that. Like we know that. But add a little bit of trickery and uh, maybe Sammy will just be trying too hard, you know, when, um, you know, when that happens. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, Drew will definitely come out and uh, wreak havoc. Um, the only thing I just get kind of nervous about is like, you know, uh, the the contenders that are going for the championship, you know, when they are on top on the last smackdown before the pay-per-view that usually means you know they're they're not going to take away the the w at the pay-per-view but i could be wrong but what are your thoughts
0: yeah i mean that's that's definitely possible i mean that's the general rule of thumb is is that i mean uh I, I can't really argue with you on that. I mean, I'm not trying to cop out on that, but I, that, that's yeah. pr- pretty much my opinion on that, too, as well. Um, but, okay, so given that we've covered SmackDown pretty well, I want to jump to Raw, but only briefly, just for yeah. some kind of high things, and then I want to get just some uh, some thoughts on Clash of the Castle. Okay, so Riddle and Seth, they brawl to open the show, they brawl throughout the show, or, or at least in another segment, and... What do you feel about Riddle and Seth? Do you like the way it's being managed?
1: um yes, and no um, I just think uh just I did not like how to backtrack it. I didn't like how Cody won all three matches because you know Seth he's he's been really a company man and he's really been helping out you know the the younger guys and whatnot but he needs a win and I love Riddle to death like he's been you know when he first came up I'm like this guy is like a doofus like I can't take him serious but like he's becoming more intense you know especially when he was under the you know the radar of um, Randy Orton and stuff like that but um I I just have good faith in in Seth because you know before he got interrupted by um, Matt Riddle, you know, he mentioned he's like, I'm coming back for you, Roman Reigns. So even that reference, because I would, I would love to, love to see that because um, they, you know, Roman still hasn't really beaten him cleanly. Um, but with Riddle and um, and Seth, it, it's going to be a great match, and they are showing a lot of intensity, um, and they're they're prolonging it. Um, I thought it was going to be good for SummerSlam, but uh, I guess if they want to push it to. Clash at the Castle, maybe that's even bigger. But um, I I think Seth needs this win more than than Riddle. Um, Maybe this could be a return of Randy Orton. Um, We have no idea. Um, But uh, I'm really, really pushing for for Seth to take this over because he needs to regain some of his his power. Mm -hmm. Oh, God.
0: Seth Seth needs a win. My God to Seth. I mean, Riddle... Yeah, it won't hurt, it won't hurt Riddle as much to lose as it was, as it would hurt Seth to lose. And that's kind of weird to say, but, you know, given that Seth is a much more established and, and, uh, veteran star than riddle is but seth has taken some brutal losses so i totally agree i think that riddle needs right now he can afford a loss it's fine he's still up and coming it's not going to ruin his career he's got a million days ahead of him so totally uh, i'm on board with that now when i move to uh kevin owens kevin owens is a guy that last week not this past week but almost two weeks ago he came out cut it a promo Withdrew a, a program I didn't know I wanted. I don't. They're obviously not going to get to that right away. But this week he takes on Chad Gable. He won with a pop-up power bomb, which was interesting. He didn't win with the stunner, but then he took out Otis with a stunner at the end of the match and uh, then powerbombed Gable on top of Otis. Kevin Owens continues to be on the rise here, and this is something encouraging that I guarantee we wouldn't see if Vince McMahon was in charge. I know we're painting Vince to be the ultimate, like, just this awful person. Vince gave us some of the best wrestling memories we've ever had. Like, let's not forget that. But as he aged, I think there's no doubt that the stress, lack of sleep... And you know, uh, constantly having to worry about paying off the the women he was sleeping with got yeah. to him, right? Like, I mean, so, but, but, I mean, also he's kind of he was a geriatric. He's in his seventies. Like, look, you just all of us will lose brain function at that point. Yeah. So it's just it it's gonna happen. So it was just time for him to step down. And luckily, this thing came along because I like what I'm seeing so far. But Kevin Owens is gonna be a big beneficiary of Triple H, I believe, being in charge and. I like what I'm seeing out of Kevin Owens. It's like it's like the muzzle and the handcuffs in in a very metaphorical way have been taken off of Kevin Owens. It feels like we're truly seeing like a, a real version of Kevin Owens. I don't know I know he said that, but it feels like that.
1: Yeah yeah and um I mean when they those two were going at it, that was one of the best promos I've seen in a while and I actually legitimately had goosebumps. I felt like a like a little kid, like watching you know the old promos mm-hmm. from the early two thousands, but like Rock and Stone Cold, and um, you know, with Kevin, even especially you don't hear this, but like referencing, I haven't been champion in five years. Oh, like that was Vince, crazy. Vince would never allow that. He yeah. would never want that to ever be said. And to and it also gave me hope where he's like, uh, I'm, i I think he referenced like whether it's the tag teams, the U.S. title. So he wasn't just you know putting it solely on the you know, the WWE championship or the universal title or anything like, like that. He's just making himself known. Like I'm relevant. This is how talented I am. And and like we've said during this whole um, podcast, we're going back to the roots and he's actually wearing some of his old gear, like the like almost duct taped KO just keep fighting. And he's, he's like, he's kind of like in that gray area of like heel and like baby face. He's just mm-hmm. like, he just wants to fight. And it, and I, saw him kind of, you know, um, high-fiving a lot of fans and whatnot. But he's he's always been one of my favorites um, from the get-go. And plus, that that was one of uh, Triple H's, like, right-hand man's, too. So, like, I could see him, you know, putting him back in the mix. I mean, or, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's been said, but uh, creative could really do wonders by if Sammy just feels unappreciated. Having Sammy and him reunite and take the tag team titles off the Usos because that would be a oh. that would be a fun uh, you know tag team. Uh, champions right there
0: they could literally like kevin owens is kind of he's he's hiding he's under the radar but he's not like triple h clearly is looking at him and they're they're he's elevating him on television but he's really a guy that doesn't have a clear path right now even though he's being elevated and that's really exciting because you know what triple h feels about him that he's yeah. going to be in a much better position like a million times better position then, then Vince would. What would he would do with him? Kind of take him in, take him out. He's off TV for six months. Listen, like it was very bizarre. What, which, uh, what Triple H or rather Vince did with KO but it's it's exactly what Kevin Owens said in his promo he really could go anywhere or do anything right now he doesn't have a clear direction he could be tag team champions with Sammy that would be awesome the chemistry those two have is freaking phenomenal whether it's against or for or with each other they could be a, a kind of a heel comedy act I know that sounds like an oxymoron but they could yeah. be they could honestly be a babyface tag team if they wanted to be facing the Usos they would be a babyface tag oh, team yeah. so like there, he could do that, he could absolutely challenge for the U.S. title if he transfers over to SmackDown. He could be intercontinental, like he could be world champ. Like he literally has everything at, at his disposal right? At his disposal right now, if they wanted to do that. So Kevin's in a really exciting place, even though it's weird to say that, given he doesn't have an actual direction. Uh, any comments on that before I ask you one more thing about Raw? Uh,
1: yeah, just um, with adding with all, the, you know, not just only Kevin Owens, but just multiple wrestlers that have a lot of upside and um, have a lot of opportunity to achieve uh, a title or just a certain main event status. um, That would be my only benefit to seeing, you know, the draft again this year, just mixing up, even though they, they go back and forth on Raw and SmackDown. There's really no like brand split, but like, I think that would be very interesting uh, in mixing it up by, you know, actually doing this draft and seeing where people end up because then that can really heighten some storylines.
0: Agreed. Yes, I, I do. Yep. I, I believe that. And I just hope that just maybe Triple H will take the brand split a little more seriously where in two weeks they just can't help themselves and put somebody on Raw and on SmackDown. Yeah. And they're here and they shouldn't be and all this nonsense. I mean, so it breaks down very quickly. So I understand the temptation and it, it's discipline on their part, but we'll see if they can follow through. All right. One one last final question on Raw. And then I want to get some very quick thoughts on the Clash of the Castle yep. event is I'll just say the name Dexter Loomis.
1: Ooh. Uh, scary dude, uh, that deer in the headlights look. Um, I, I think we spoke about him briefly in the beginning, but, uh, I just, I like the way things are going right now. It's, it's a slow story. Um, I have no idea where it's going. Um, he's just appearing randomly in the stands. Um, I liked the fact that he's just going to attack whoever, like, just, he took Miz a heel. So, um, I, I. I mean I don't I don't know with this guy. I mean he is that that's there. He doesn't talk at all. I think he said maybe like I think the only words he said was I do during that wedding he was in. Um but yeah, I I that's another like just wall card right there that could heighten the mid card level like so much like these NXT superstars we like Vince really buried so much talent and just seeing these guys come back in the way he did too, not like this grand entrance or you know interrupting a match no just like kind of subtle being being in the crowd and you know just causing havoc and i loved it
0: dexter loomis again i like like several fans out there have not seen nxt on a regular basis you probably know who dexter loomis is you probably know the face if you don't know the name and the guy has just this robotic just and it's very rare that somebody possesses the quality to be able to do this it happens you almost have to be born with it is that just dead pan stare that just empty no one's home psychotic look uh yeah. who else possessed it? john huber or uh luke harper or whoever you knew him uh, oh, he yeah. had that excellent just dead stare look that is really difficult to, tr- to teach almost impossible to teach so uh, that that's an absolute quality. The look of him, he looks like kind of a an 80s villain, like an 80s yeah. movie villain that's just like, you, know, you immediately look at him and you go, he, this guy's, a, 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 you know, you want somebody to, just, he, he's not somebody you want to look out for in, a, in an alley at night. Like, he looks oh, like man. a genuinely scary, dangerous man. And yeah. yeah, him taking the Miz away, you would think it's babyface or he, we don't know yet. We don't know what he's going to be positioned as. But I'm looking forward to whatever they do with Dexter Loomis as they have put him in a Fairly prominent position taking out, you know, the biz. And we weren't sure if he was targeting AJ Styles the week before. It was very weird. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it, it, I, I'm on board for this. And yeah, totally it on board.
1: wherever it goes, I'm, I'm all on board with it.
0: All right. Well, Clash of the Castle. So I want to ask you uh, yeah. I'm going to cut right to the chase. What happens with Roman and Drew?
1: Who? All right. So. Um... You know, I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm confident in this one, um, not just because of my, my picks in the last one, but I I've, I have a feeling, Drew, I'm, I'm really, you know, I was 50-50, which I know can seem like a cop-out, but I'm I'm really leaning towards more Drew now, like 65-35. Um, you know, they, they've built this up for a long time. They have had Drew touring around, you know, outside the U S you know, for the last three, four months about this pay-per-view um, he hasn't been champion in a while. He took, he, he saved, you know, the COVID era by being champion. He did not get to like, the, only, the closest thing he was able to enjoy was celebrating the Royal rumble. When he won that after that, everything was, no one was around. And even when he had uh, that WrestleMania against Bobby Lashley, he lost like it's his time. He is showing that he continues like not only like with his talent and just his power, but like just making points where it's like like we're done with having these part time champs that come like once a month. Like I'm sure he probably wanted to like refer to Brock Lesnar if he could have. But um You know, but the only thing for me is, is the, you know, the Usos still have their tag team titles and typically usually the lower card titles get, you know, get lost in a, in a faction like that first. Um, but again, this also could be tricking me and I'd still tip my hat off to triple H where he's, his creative is so good that it's not this predictable. And I'm, and I'm picking drew to win this one. Um, and again, maybe it could be a stipulation, you know, with Paul Heyman where he he says something like, "Oh, like in there, he he only, um, you know, defends like the WWE title or or some some BS thing like that." I don't care if that's how it goes, then we got a champion on Raw. But my, I just, I just think they owe it to the fans and all that to. I, I don't especially if they're going to have uh you know this whole rock and roman thing might happen you don't want any titles involved for WrestleMania so I'd rather you know, I think this is time so I'm putting all my cards in Drew McIntyre now he he's 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 paid his dues he's he's had a lot of um matches throughout pay-per-views where they're completely pointless and he's doing segments where he's just like he's he's way better than this and deserves more better treatment and this is where I think he gets rewarded but um what do you think man?
0: Yeah, this is now again, of course, we still have one more week of TV to go, but it, it seems like everything is locked in place as to what the outcomes could be and I'm going to stick with what I have felt all along, and that is Drew does win. I'm a, I'm pretty close to your percentages. Yeah. Uh, I'm about 75-25, maybe a little more confident that Drew wins, but I could still see Roman retaining come hook yeah. or crook. Somebody comes in, maybe somebody new joins the bloodline, I don't know, something wacky, uh, who knows, but... So I wouldn't freak out or be super disappointed or, or or whatever. I wouldn't I wouldn't be super shocked if Drew loses, but he's in his backyard, right? He's he's in yeah. his home country. He, they did all the promotional material. He as you said, he spent weeks over there marketing for this particular event, and they said what? It's thirty years since a stadium show happened yeah. in in the UK, which is really kind of mind blowing when you think about it. And so you put all that together and the fact that Triple H seems to be more in tune with or at least willing to do what fans want or are complaining about, which is kind of a good and bad trait. You don't want to give them everything they want because sometimes they just react you know, yeah. irrationally. But this has been a longstanding complaint for among fans and I'm sure among the wrestlers that, Hey, we don't have a world championship on Raw. This is, you know, affecting my career now. So there's, there's a lot to be said for that. But I think it's time that WWE does drop one of those belts. I'm still going to stick with my theory, although it's probably wrong, about how it happens. Drew beats Roman, Paul Heyman on Raw comes out the next night and say or two nights later and says, "Well, did you read the fine print, Drew? This was only for the WWE Championship. It's not for the Universal. Therefore, you are only the WWE Champion." I mean, that th- whether or not that happens, I don't know. I don't even care how it happens as I've said. I just want one of those belts back to Raw. Drew should be the one to do it. I think there's a reason why they've kept the championship belts separate and not created an actual undisputed yeah. championship like they did in what 2002 is when they un- tr- tr- like actually unified the belts and created a totally new single belt. So yeah. I think there's a reason they've done that beyond the the visual of Roman holding up two belts. But that's what I think happens. Drew beats Roman. Everyone flips out, only to find out that Roman Reigns is still Universal Champion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and don't forget, I mean, um, you know, theory could, you know, kind of do his false cash in, which, um, God, uh, gosh, I hope none of that happens again, but you know, it, it was, it was nice. It, it felt like no one's maybe brought it at once, but I can't remember last time someone was like kind of standing over Roman or just standing in the arena with both belts, like held up in their hands. And that was drew. And I was like, all right. That's foreshadowing. Sort of like that. Um, uh, what was it? It was like a house show and it was R- Roman versus like Brock or something. And it was at uh, what's the what's that um, arena in New York? Uh, Madison Square MSG, yep, yep. Yeah. And he like held the, the two belts like over him with the steps. And that was just kind of foreshadowing what he was going to do like for WrestleMania. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really hoping Drew, he, he, he's earned it. He's, he's put in a lot of work and he, they deserve to have a full-time champ and just, and I think it wouldn't make any sense for Drew to have that amazing promo with Kevin where he, but right before that, he mentioned all the guys who would challenge, like, I would love to see AJ Styles have like one more crack at a, at a world championship. You know, th- th- these would be some solid matches. Hell, I mean, even Edge could have one more match about that. So.
0: Yeah, he could too, and we still don't know what ha- what's going to happen with Edge. I mean, we saw yeah. him on Raw, of course. We didn't really talk about him much, but he uh, faced uh, Damian Priest and beat Damian Priest, and then his Edge or his his, uh, his wife came in to help him because yeah. they were about to give him another concerto, and so Beth came in and helped him. And we'll have to see where that all lands. I think it I think it's still going to land with the Dominic Mysterio heel turn. Let's all keep our fingers crossed that yeah, he's actually he going to join
1: the bloodline. Yeah, yeah. But sure. uh,
0: all right. Well, very good. Anything else before we wrap it up?
1: no man uh it's just a a pleasure uh doing these as you know once a month with you they're they're great um you know i hope everyone uh gets a good listen out of this and uh you know i hope you uh get some sleep tonight i'm gonna try to get maybe uh two or three hours before uh my uh baby boy wyatt uh if anyone didn't know he's he was born on august 5th so like uh I'm hoping to get some sleep and I'm just getting some tips and, and tricks from uh, Matt over here as a, uh, seasoned veteran dad, you know, help me
0: out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm on number two and you, it's, it's never really, you're never really a veteran. You just kind of suffer a little bit more. and You learn a little bit more the hard way as you continue. It's the greatest thing ever, but it's the hardest thing ever. So yeah, definitely uh sleep is at a premium. So I feel guilty right now. Cause I know exactly what you're going through. Um, yeah. so <laughs> we'll end it here. I do need sleep as well, but, uh, definitely, yeah, we'll, we'll be, uh, Reconvening in about uh, four weeks or so after the Clash of the Castle event and as we're looking forward to Extreme Rules. So thanks so much for being on, and uh, we'll be in touch.
1: All right. Take care, Matt. You too. Thanks for listening to the
0: WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.